0: Welcome to Love and Loss, a podcast where we talk about the difficulties surrounding pregnancy and infant loss. It's important to know that although we may sometimes host psychologists and other mental health professionals, the show is not a substitute for therapy and or psychological treatment. We encourage all individuals and families experiencing loss to only listen as you are able. The content of the show can occasionally become triggering to those who have lost a child during pregnancy or infancy. If the substance becomes too difficult, we encourage you to turn it off. Julia Brown is a dedicated wife, mama, and worker bee. In the summer of 2020, she suffered a miscarriage, which inspired her to author the children's picture book, Marshmallow's Gift Garden. Through this book, her child lives on, and she can provide support and comfort to other parents and siblings experiencing loss. Welcome back to another episode of the Love and Loss podcast. I promised you that Julia Brand would be back this week, and she is. Hello, Julia. Hey, how's it going, Joy? (laughs) So glad you're here. Um, You have blessed us so much with your story and your vulnerability, um, and I am just so glad that our listeners get to hear a piece of um, what you have gifted the world with your creativity and um, what you've been inspired to do by your, by your baby that you lost. Thank you. Yeah. So Julia wrote a book. Um, we've had a lot of authors on this podcast. I have, they're the first one I've met who wrote a children's book. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So walk us through this. Like, I mean, on your previous episode, you shared how you lost your second pregnancy. Um, mm. how did we get here? <laughs>
1: Yes. How do you turn pregnancy loss into a children's book? Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it really comes down to, um, and I didn't know, but it comes down to two things. The first is wanting to effectively communicate with my older son what had happened in a way that was not not traumatic for him. That's the mm-hmm. first. And the second thing was learning a bit about how I process grief and working through the grief in a way that memorialized my loss. So those are the the two reasons that I got here. Um, and the book is called Marshmallow's Gift Garden. And it's a story for moms and for siblings and dads too, um, who are suffering pregnancy loss. And essentially what happened is I went through my miscarriage. And in our last podcast, I talked about this, you know, I was responsible for making up a story with my son every night at Of our bedtime routine. And the night I miscarried, it was like everything I could do to make up a story. I could not get to a happy ending in the story. And so I explained to my son the story of like, there's a bunny in the garden who gets a gift. And lot like there's a lonely bunny in the garden who gets a gift and is so excited for this gift. And this gift is a companion. And the bunny and the companion are just like the best of friends. And they didn't even know that their life was missing anything. And a second, a second gift arrives and the bunny and the lion from the book are so excited about the second gift and daydreaming about all of the things they're going to do together, like running and playing and dancing. And, and so they're like thinking up and envisioning a whole life with this third friend only to open the box and realize that it's empty. And that's how I felt about my pregnancy loss. And And then I, my my son said, and then what? And I said, nothing, the end. Mm. (laughs) And and he, um, he couldn't handle, he couldn't handle that being the ending. And I think kids are so smart because the next night he's like, I want to hear the bunny in the backyard story again. I'm like, okay. So I got to the end and he said, that's not the end. And I was like, well, then what's the end? And so every day for the next couple of weeks, we worked on it a little bit, a little bit until we got to a point that he was like, okay that's the story. That's how it ends.
0: Okay. Pause a few things. One, I read a book to my child every night. I've never once made up a story for him. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been made up a story for him. If we make up a story, it's because he's really, really tired. And we have to like point to something in the book, like ball bed, good night. Like, Uh so, so full stop, super mom, you are super mom. Um, (laughs) and also I'm just like kind of blown away, like in the rawness of your grief. Okay. So you are losing your second child and then Mm -hmm. you still are, I mean, your life is still happening around you and you're trying to make sense of some kind of normalcy, whatever that means. And so you're with your son and you're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. So you make the stories up a lot for him.
1: At that time we did. He was, um, almost, almost five. He was yeah. almost five. It's happened. So he's a little bit older Yeah. And, and yeah, we would, we would make up different stories. Um, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you made up the story. I'm really impressed. So what you said is so true, right? Like we always want a nice, happy ending. Every children's book has it. That's I'm learning that that's not actually true, but in my head it is right. It's always happy, like close the book. We're all happy. Mm -hmm. Now we go to bed and, um, it's, it's not really setting our kids up for reality. Is it like, no, I mean, there's the Disney, she marries the Prince and then they're happily ever after. And sometimes they don't. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, what was it like to sit with your son in that discomfort of him saying like, that's not the end.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lot of like, it is for now, like go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of water. But, but then it, it was like this idea of maybe he's teaching me something, right. Oh. Because in that moment, like I was just I had crushing depression and I could not move beyond it. Mm-hmm. But my son was like the gentle reminder that like the world is going to keep moving. And so that's not the end. Like, you need to come up with something. You owe me something better than that. Like kind of like you owe this baby something better than just throwing in the towel. Right. So to, Not that you shouldn't feel your grief. Like I definitely have and still do like grieve this child and this loss mm-hmm. for sure. And deeply, but like also to create something out of it, that could be a resource for other people who are experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that like, there are so many of us who go through this and suffer in silence or who are like faced with the same conversation of like, how do I put this in terms that's going to make sense to my child without really scarring them in the future? Yeah. So I think every kid can relate to if a kid sees a present, they want a present. And so the yeah. idea of the story was like, there was a gift box and it had like a brilliant bow and it was just a beautiful gift. And Um, And then you open the gift and it's empty. And even if you're four or three years old, you're like, what? Like, that's like a loss. You feel that as a loss, you know, if you're a kid that's super relatable Um, and kids have big emotions. So I think it's an easy enough connection, even though like from a severity perspective, they're totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids can say like, oh my gosh, like you really wanted such and such an item in this gift box. And then it ended up being nothing instead. Like, that's not fair. Where's their toy? you know,
0: with their buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really helpful metaphor for me as a lost mom, truly. I mean, and you said that in the intro, like, yeah, this is for parents and siblings. Um, but it really is. I mean, this is clearly a children's book. I mean, there are gorgeous illustrations on it. Right. And yet like, if you've lost a pregnancy, you know exactly what it's like to have this beautiful box. I mean, it's your body, your body is this beautiful box Mm -hmm. and, and it's just, you're, you're hollow, like truly hollow. There's actually, I saw an image of a mom who, um, it was like a drawing of a mom who had like literally a hole through her body. Cause that's what it feels like mm-hmm. emptiness. Yeah.
1: And I actually, like, I would say like, that was one of my last rounds of edits was there's a page in here. Um, there's a page in here where the bunny finds the box. And initially, like in my earlier versions, the bunny opened the box and realized it was empty on her own. Mm. And the version I ended up publishing, she finds the box and she lifts it and it's too heavy for her to carry. So she goes back and tells the lion about it. And then they open it because someone pointed out, a friend of mine pointed out to me and it was amazing pickup was it wasn't always empty. So it needs to be heavy first before it's empty. And I was like, yes.
0: Oh yes. It's so heavy. Okay. Chills all over my body. It, it is.
1: And that's for the moms. That is a hundred percent for the moms.
0: Thank it, you. Yeah. It was there.
1: She or he, they were there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was looking around that part of the book. And so um, Marshmallow says, nothing, there's nothing inside. How can this be? A gift got a gift just can't be empty. A friend is meant to be inside the box. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, Marshmallow says, What a mean trick. And maybe that's you know how you would explain it to a child. I think. I think we need to start talking to moms like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: it really does feel like it's just a cruel trick. Yeah. It's
1: funny that, yeah. It's funny you said it cruel because that was the original world word. That, it?
0: I, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, that was the original word. And my, my son was again, like five years old. And he was like, wait, what does cruel mean? And I was like, oh, so we like moved it to the word mean, but it's funny that you said that because that is the truest emotion is it feels cruel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is very cool, the heaviness yeah. and then the emptiness. So from everything to nothing and wow. Wow. Um, one thing I, okay, tell us about the illustrations because they're beautiful.
1: Yes, they're beautiful because I didn't do them. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I, so, okay, so as I'm going through this process of writing the story, I realized that the words alone aren't going to cut it if I want to get my true emotions out there into the world and that a children's book should have beautiful illustrations. So I went through the book and I mapped out all the illustrations I wanted. And then I actually went to, um, a website called Fiverr and I hired an illustrator, um, a graphic designer out of Russia to, do the illustrations for me using pictures of my backyard and my family and using, um, you know, just ideas that I had. And I gave her like little pictures of all of my sketches on what the book should look like. And she made it just visually so, so much better than I could have ever hoped for. And honestly, like better than a lot of what I see from true children's book illustrators.
0: Yeah, they're amazing. And what I noticed is marshmallow on the page that says, what a mean trick Mm -hmm. marshmallow. There's literally a thunderstorm falling all over them. And we lost moms. We know that storm, like we've lived Mm -hmm. it. Right. And, and there's just tears falling out of marshmallow's face. And Mm -hmm. I think we need to see that. Like we need to see a fictional character like grieving in the same way we did like the storm around us and the storm within us. Yes. Um, yes. I don't think we see enough tears like the way that they're portrayed here in children's books mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah the emotion like we did like a whole mapping session a series like two or three rounds of revisions on emotions for marshmallow mm-hmm. um which which is the bunny character the main character of the story that is the mama in, in case you are wondering marshmallow is of the story yeah um and 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 getting it right with the sorrow was really important. And there was like a a bit of a language barrier for me and the illustrator initially. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we relied a lot on pictures and I would, I was sending her a lot of pictures and like images and things that I really felt would resonate with lost moms. Um, and that was one of them was the idea of sorrow.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it came together perfectly, but see marshmallow doesn't just cry on that page. (laughs) she cries a lot I mean it kind of builds up the tears willing in her eyes and um and then her laying on the ground crying and I mean how many of us have done that
1: yeah and I think if you notice and you probably like I know that I mean obviously as the writer I have a lot of easter eggs in here that you probably wouldn't pick up on oh At the start of the story, Marshmallow is super lonely and she's alone in her den in the dark and the trees have eyes like kind of haunting, Mm -hmm. lonely. And then when she gets Mr. Lion, her buddy, her companion, the eyes are gone in the trees. Like we go back to a visual of the den at night. She's sleeping peacefully, Mm -hmm. but after experiencing the loss, there's a storm They're in the den. She's on the ground. She's crying. And the scary eyes are back in the trees. So she's haunted again.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: So it's subtle, but it's there.
0: You're so right. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is something that's really special about children's books. I mean, in general, like there's some things that we just don't pick up on, um, Mm -hmm. until you like notice them or maybe like a children's movie, right? There's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a joke for the parents. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling all sorts of emotions. I felt emotions reading it and then talking with you about it. Like I'm learning even more, um, you know, subtleties that aren't subtle. Yeah. 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 Um, is there a part of the book that you would want to read for us? Like a little snapshot? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think when when you're and
1: it's a short book it's a short book but when you're going through it when you're really going through it and you're not sure what the next step is Mm -hmm. towards the end of the book all of the sorrow that marshmallow is experiencing there's like a moment of clarity and so I'll read that section to you where marshmallow says even though I'm sad this gift box is special to me it's all I have left to remember the happy plans I made for my new friend. It's too important to leave alone in the rain. Mr. Lion, I have to go back. So the reason I picked that part as a book is because when we're going through it, it can feel so hard and so heavy, and it can be really easy to try to close the door and not think about the loss we're experiencing. And that's that's what was happening here. And then the, the bunny like acknowledges it's too important to shut her away or to, to be quiet about and not think about in the future. So then the bunny makes a plan for how she wants to honor this friend who never came to play.
0: So I don't think I've told you this yet, but so I've experienced my loss and I'm, I'm kind of still saving things that were important to me. Like my pregnancy tests. That's what, that's all I have from that baby. I, I have pregnancy tests. I have, um, I have a prayer book. Someone gave me, I have shoes that I bought my baby, um, that I have a rattle that my mom gave me. And I'm like, what do I do with this stuff? Like mm-hmm. now, if I'm honest, there were some things I literally tore to shreds and threw in the trash because I was so upset. And I asked my therapist, cause we're getting ready to do an international move. And I asked my therapist, like, I can't leave this stuff at home. It's too important. But I also mm-hmm. like, is it Is it a good idea to take it with me when I'm trying to start a new life? And she said, well, we have some options, but one option is get a box, put everything important to you from your baby in a box. And that can be your baby box on our mantle. We have a box. It's our baby box. And I do get it out from time to time, um, because it's so special to, to always have that with me. And, um, we, moved to the Netherlands with five suitcases and a dog, five suitcases and a dog, that box took up a lot of space. And I'm glad it did because it takes up a lot of space in my heart. So when I'm reading about marshmallow in her box, um, mm-hmm. this is the memory of the friend going to get emotional. This is, this is the memory of the friend who never came to play with us and is with me forever. And it yeah.
1: should be deserves to be it's part of your story forever. Yeah. Your child forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The box thing. I'm like, I know. Okay, guys, you caught. <laughs> I'm like trying to fight back tears. Well, I, I quit trying. <laughs> this book is too good. Um, yeah. It's the box thing. I don't know if anyone else has done something like that. Maybe your baby died later in pregnancy and you have. An urn, or maybe you don't have a box at all, but you have something that you keep that baby in. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's just your brain, um, we have to go back and and hold that. Our babies matter. Yes. Yeah. Whew Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of ground to cover.
0: Oh ground. my gosh, you guys! I. I mean, I met with Julia before, clearly we, we met each other. Then we recorded the last episode and you guys are really in for it. We, we clearly have a lot in common and, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for this book. Um, so the dog, there is a beautiful dog in this book and you know, that dog, don't you?
1: I know. Yes. I know the dog. So, um, the, the story is like part of what makes it fun is because it was written, I'm going to say co-written. From a story with my son, you know, I used our yard for the yard and I used our dog for the dog and Marshmallow's best friend in this story is my son's lovey that he sleeps with every night. So, and always has. So um, oh. mm-hmm, I drew on a ton of like inspiration just from our lives. Uh, and so the, the, the old dog who likes to play as he's lovingly referred to in the story um, is our family dog. And I got him my last year of college and he actually just passed away last weekend, um, at 11. So
0: I, I, so Julia told me that this was their personal dog and I'm like, okay, well first, I mean, it's it's a beautiful dog. First of all, beautiful. What's the dog's name? Rex. Rex. Cute. Um, so you've had Rex in your family a long time. And then, um, now that Rex, is kind of memorialized Mm -hmm. in this book as well. What, how does that feel like in your body?
1: Yeah, it, it was so Rex and dogs are amazing creatures, right? Like Rex knew I was pregnant every time I've been pregnant before I did and would just kind of stay by my side. And, you know, if I was sitting at the kitchen table, he would come sit under me and protect me. And he knew I was pregnant. And when I was grieving, he knew I was grieving. Mm -hmm. When I went through this miscarriage, he, laid at the foot of my bed for days. I, I mean, if I was in bed, he was right there. He knew. Um, and I think he has like an amazing ability to um, really com- provide comfort to their humans. And um, so when we lost him, it was unexpected that we lost him. He was older, but he was healthy. So it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things, one of the, the first thoughts I had was, I learned so much about the way that I grieve through creating my children's book. It's almost like a blueprint for my grief process and everyone grieves differently. Um, But I do think if you can document how you grieve, it does help you for the next time around. It doesn't make the pain any less severe, but it definitely helps to understand like this is normal for me. This is how I grieve. This is an okay emotion. Totally fine. My emotions are valid But I know that this is how I process things. It's more help. Like when I miscarried, I tried not to say anything to anyone for weeks. I didn't announce it. I kept it to myself. And that was crushing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So when Rex died, I knew it's a different type of grief, but it's grief. And so I knew that I wanted to share it sooner and share my love for him sooner and not try to hold it in and keep it to myself because that didn't serve me. So this this story, in two ways, has really helped me with the loss of Rex. Also, because on the one hand, like I said, it's kind of a, a blueprint for how I I grieve best and most fully. And then, secondly, because if I am telling you that the marshmallow character is the mama in the story or me in the story, there's a whole page with playful pictures of you know the old dog and the mama bunny just playing and having fun. And it's just really incredible to have this and memorialize him in this way. Also.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's that. really, yeah, I, I resonate with that. Cause my dog has also been with me through crazy stuff. My miscarriage included in And you're right. Like they just pick up on it. They know it's crazy how they just know. And my dog has known about both pregnancies. Um, I think she, whenever we brought home my, my youngest child home from the hospital, I think she was kind of stunned, like, Whoa, but still she knew. Um, and yeah, I I don't even know. I, it's just too, it's just too realistic. Like this is how it, this is how it is. They know they feel it. And, um, you even see this dog like sitting beside the girl on the swing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I get it. Like I get it. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're playing with the butterflies and so, so yeah. special. Um, I think that
1: somehow in the future, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to connect with my illustrator and see if she can do, if she can take our like most recent family portrait, which has my youngest son in it. And somehow like make it a cartoon that matches these illustrations and put Rex in. And then the rainbow at the end symbolizes our baby that we lost. Mm-hmm. If there's a good way to do that, I think that there is. So I, need, I just need to find it because that feels to me like a very aligned way to memorialize our family as a whole.
0: Right. Right. Because you don't want to leave anyone out. Like Rex was right. and always will be an important part of your family. It's just Mm -hmm. always, always. And the baby that, um, and you left a beautiful, um, note in here to, oh, I think it's at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the beginning, she says to my son, Abe, my dear friend, Kira, and above all to the baby I carried, but will never get a chance to hold Mm -hmm. will always be your baby. So that baby deserves to be in that family photo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess like one other tie-in as we're just talking through it is (laughs) in the, and the, in the story, you know, spoiler alert, at the end, there's a rainbow in the backyard where the bunny lives and Mr. Lion lives. And it's really like the setting of the whole story. And that's also where we buried Rex. So to come full circle, I, I individually feel like my baby's spirit and Rex's spirit are like now dancing and playing and living out this, living out the story in a spot that's so special and so meaningful to us.
0: Oh my gosh. It's almost like you have, like you said, this book is kind of how you grieve. And also though, it, it really did make like a way for you to experience Rex's death. Like it, mm-hmm. really, it really put in place a way for you to dive in. Um, And just really live into this grief. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So can we look forward to um, next year, you writing a book on pets? Because that would be only amazing.
1: My husband said that to me and I was like, well, I had this idea about, okay, it's called the legend of tag. This is totally a different thing, but it's called the Legend of Tag, and it's based on a bedtime story with my son, where there's different colored stars in the solar system that have different emotions, and the first shooting star, like connects, is like a white star, and it connects with like a red star, and the red star is angry, but then they start playing, and then they connect with other colored stars, so that was going to be the next book, but this has come up, and this is important, so we'll have to see. I. I The reason I wrote this story is because the significance to my family individually, but also because if there were an option out there that was perfect for our family to share with my son that had already been written, I would have just read him that book Yeah, and I feel like it existed. I bought every book on Amazon that I could find and none of them resonated with me. Um, They were like either too old or too young or too direct or too descriptive of afterlife. Or like there was one where there was a dinosaur in heaven with the children that had died. And I was just like, uh this doesn't, this doesn't resonate for us. Like I need something that's spiritual, but also that isn't confusing.
0: Mm.
1: So that's, that's really a, a big part of it. So we'll have to see what grief books around pet loss exist yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Also, you guys need to know, okay. I thought for sure, for sure, Julia is a teacher and she's a reading specialist. Julia, what is your full-time job? Uh, i run corporate perfect development for a mortgage company. Can you believe that? <laughs> she works for a mortgage company. So like, can you tame down your talent, please? <laughs> well, thank you. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. Um, I mean, I was a teacher in an elementary school. I taught children with learning differences and this book, man, um, you're right. It's not confusing, but it's still age appropriate. Um, thank you for this gift. I mean, it's, it's enough of a gift that you honored your baby writing it and that you gave it to your son, right? Your son and you wrote it together. Um, and then the fact that you published it to share with the world, I'm so grateful. I'm so yeah, grateful. Thank you. And I think, I mean, do you want to tell them about the giveaway? Is that uh, a good... Yeah, this is the perfect okay. time. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So we're doing a giveaway. If you want to copy, um, if I don't win first, uh, no. So if you go follow us on Instagram, follow love and loss podcast and Julia, what is your Instagram handle?
1: At author Julia Brown
0: author Julia Brown. Um, so you'll follow both of us. You'll like this photo. And, um, if you want an extra entry, you can tag as many people as you want. And then, um, another entry is share it to your story. So, uh, you'll win a copy of this book and a mug from the podcast. So you can drink tea. Um, that's, that's what I did when I grieved as I sat and I drank tea and, um, you can, uh, read this book, maybe, with your child. Um, I've already recommended this book to two or three different friends who, who know someone close who just lost a pregnancy. And so, um, it's, it is, it feels like I can actually give a resource, um, cause it's really confusing for children. It's confusing for parents. And so, yeah, just thank you for this gift. And I hope that you guys, um, will enter to the giveaway. And if you don't win it, please treat yourself to a copy. It's just, where can they buy this book?
1: Amazon is probably best. I mean, Target and Barnes & Noble also carry it online, um, but from like, as far as like overall cost to, like overall cost plus shipping timeline, Amazon's probably best. Um, but Target, Barnes & Noble, uh, those would be the top spots. If you're local in Columbus, Ohio, then we have some um, author meet and greets planned and some like local bookshops. Um, so in the future, in the near future. But other than that, I would say, Amazon is going to be where
0: it's at. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you again, Julia, for joining us for both of your episodes. Um, you and your baby and your family are just such a gift to the world. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, Joy. This has been another episode of the love and loss podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. As always, be sure to rate us on Apple and Spotify.